Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, today, this morning, we are on week two of our series, Supernatural. And uh, today we're going to be talking about tongues, interpretation of tongues. It is a topic that sometimes gets confused in the church or doesn't even get talked about in the church. Today we're going to bring clarity for you and we're going to create an expectation in you of this desire to say, hey, I want this. God, use me in this. Um, You saw a video earlier about you can follow along in a live setting through YouVersion if you download the Bible app. Um, you can follow along with that. You'll have verses. You'll have some of the slides that are on your uh, device for you. So that is a tool for you to have, and you can revisit that uh, throughout the week. So you can go to uh, version and download. Just type in Grace Capital Church. You'll follow along. Well, last week we talked about, um, really in 1 Corinthians, how it talks about that these are the gifts that God wants to give us, that they're accessible to each one of us. And if you'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I just want to read this again as a reminder of what it is that the Spirit of God wants to release over us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, whoever you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Can everybody say everyone? Everyone. You are everyone. (laughs) It's God who wants to empower those in each one of us. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We just talked about it. When, When we use these gifts, when God gives them to us, it's for the good of people. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith. By the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit wants to impart these on you as he wills. Our job is to desire them. It's his job to give them. Are are you beginning to desire these gifts? Because it is pretty awesome when God chooses to work through you to do something that is supernatural. When we say supernatural, it goes beyond what we think is natural. And I do understand, it depends on what tradition you came from, whether it's a Catholic church, whether it's a traditional church, or maybe it's no church at all. To be talking about supernatural things, kind of be like, hmm, I don't know what I think about this. Well, we should think about it, one, because it's in the Bible. (laughs) Number two, the supernatural is very natural for God. God does not function in the supernatural. He functions in the natural. It seems supernatural to us because it doesn't seem common to us. 
but it's very natural for God to flow in the supernatural because that's who he is and that's who his spirit is. And so today we're going to be talking about tongues, interpretation of tongues, but let's just recap real quick on, uh, look at this slide right here on prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Prophecy is when a person receives and shares a revelation from God for the purpose of building up other believers. That's prophecy. Words of knowledge. Word of knowledge is a divine revelation originating with God about situation, either past or present, with which God makes us aware. And then word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is a divine revelation from God revealing to man his plan and best course of action for a given situation. I hope you're desiring for God to use you in those ways. Last Sunday night, we had a great turnout of people who came and actually began to practice some of these things. It's great to desire them, but it's another thing to walk it out and begin to learn how to walk these things out. So last Sunday night was was amazing to see everybody coming and participating in that. This Sunday, we are also going to have an opportunity for you come and understand, hey, how do we, what is this tongues, interpretation of tongues? Let me start by saying, let me clear up this whole idea, this misnomer of tongues. All tongues is, is another language. It's a, it's a term for another language. I was in Africa um, several years back, and I was in this village, and a young man came up to me and indicated that he wanted me to pray for him. And he kind of put his hands like this, and is like, all right, I really don't know how I'm going to communicate to him, but I thought the best way that I could is I have a prayer language that I pray to God in, and we're going to be talking about that, the difference between a prayer language and the gift of tongues. But as I was saying, okay, I'm just going to pray in my prayer language over this man because that's all I know how to do. But as I started praying for him, one, I didn't really recognize the language as a common language that in my prayer language would have come out, but... I started seeing him nod. And I started seeing tears flow through down his eyes. And after I was done praying with him, somebody came up to me and says, I didn't know you knew how to speak Kiranese. The Rwandan language is, I don't. He says, you are speaking the Rwandan language to this man. So you're saying, well, that's supernatural. And yes, you see, God can do anything to change a language to bring glory to him to show the evidence of his greatness, to communicate to people. When, when was the first, when was there, we find out in the Bible that a language was changed, that God supernaturally changed somebody's language? Tower of Babel. It's important for, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It's actually, the account of that is in Genesis chapter 11. Now here's the issue. God did a supernatural work to confuse the language because what they were doing at the time was was doing something that was very selfish. They were not focusing on God. They were focusing on self. They were saying, we want to become like God and we want to reach the heavens by building this big tower. And God says, if if I don't confuse their language, nothing's going to stop them. And so he comes down and he confuses their language. And they all started speaking other tongues In other words, they started speaking different languages. And that scattered them around because they couldn't no longer communicate to each other to build this thing that was building themselves up. 
So if God can confuse language and give people different languages, God can also work ways of giving different languages, though, to build the church up and to make his name known. Correct? So we find another account when, when the, the day of Pentecost, Jesus asks um, these apostles, disciples, to, to sit in the upper room and wait, and wait for what he's going to give, and that's the Holy Spirit. And you have to understand what is happening at the day of Pentecost. So Pentecost is actually 49 days, 50 days after the Passover feast. The Passover was a celebration of when the angel would come in when they were getting ready to leave Egypt. Remember the children of Israel? That was one of the last things that, that took place in Egypt before Pharaoh finally released them. That, a, that an angel came and all the firstborns were killed except those who had blood over their doors. Lamb's blood. And the angel passed over, and so they celebrate the Passover. That was 49 days. And then, then what we have is Pentecost is a celebration that 49 days after Passover, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And, and he reveals this to him. And so these are the celebrations that would continue on for generations to, to come. And so here it is. They are celebrating Pentecost. And what happens, Pentecost is a journey celebration. It's a journey um, feast and festival that people from all over the area would come and celebrate this in one area. And so there's these people with all these different languages from the different regions who are now in this city. And when the Holy Spirit comes, well, let's read this. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak in other tongues. And then it goes on to say, how is it that I'm hearing my own language? It said in verse 6, And the sound of the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, so on and so forth. Are these men speaking these languages? So here we find that God reverses it. The Tower of Babel, if you can put up on that screen, the difference between the Tower of Babel and, and Pentecost, in Babel there's a scattering and confusion. He changes their languages to scatter them, confuse them, because they're trying to build their own empire. They're trying to build their own kingdom. But at Pentecost, it changes. It flips it upside down. It says, well, actually, it's a gathering and an understanding. Go meet, come together, and everybody then had heard in their own language. And what did they hear? They heard, God, they heard them praising God. And they received a message of who Jesus was in the midst of that change of a language. So whose kingdom gets built? God's kingdom gets built. So he changes the language. 
So now we're saying, okay, well, well this, this gift. So he's listing these gifts in 1 Corinthians. What does that mean for me? How does, this, how does this apply to me in New Hampshire, White Bread, New Hampshire? And I agree, it's a problem for you in White Bread, New Hampshire. I was, I was sitting in a church service in Turkey, and I'll tell you what, there were like six different languages in that one little meeting of 100 people. There were Koreans, there were people from Iran, there were people from Syria, there were Turks. Um, and there's a Canadian that was there too. They speak another language sometimes too. Eh? <laughs> but anyways, so here I am. And I'll tell you, there was part of me that wanted to do this. I, I just wanted to test it out a little bit. It's happened once before. I'm thinking, okay, I don't know any of these languages, but maybe could I go up and God would use me to speak one of their languages and who gets the glory for that? Because I wouldn't know the language, but yet I'm speaking another language that I don't know. And I have a gift of tongues, and, and it would be, obviously, it would be God working through me, but it would be a message that would glorify God, and, and all those who were there would be able to say, God is awesome. God's awesome. Look what he could do. I didn't do it. There was part of me, I was like, is that my flesh just wanting to do something cool, or is that God inspiring me to do that? And I think it was my flesh wanted to do something cool. But, but I realized that's how it was for. This is why the gift is so important. You realize that, that you've got to, now in New Hampshire, it might be different. We have a refugee community. God might choose to say, you know what? When I'm in Walmart, which where a lot of them are, that God might just supernaturally give you a word to speak to them in their language. That would be the gift of tongues of a foreigner's language who does not know how to, you don't know how to communicate. Now, in a, in a corporate setting like this, the, the Bible's very clear on it. If a tongue is given, there must be an interpretation of it. Because it's unfruitful for the mind if somebody just goes up and, and babbles something, it's like, okay, how did that build up the body? Paul goes on to say, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but I'd rather you prophesy. And I understand why, because a prophecy is something that builds the body up. It's in English. It can speak to it. I believe now God can do whatever he wants to do. If somebody wants to come up here and speak an unknown language, okay, I would hope there was somebody that could hear that language in this room, but maybe not. But supernaturally, there's an interpretation of tongues too, which is, I just know what that person just said. And in the natural mind, I don't, I couldn't tell you what they said because I don't know that language but I could give you the sense of what God was saying. That's a gift of the interpretation of tongues. Now, where it gets confusing for people is, is sometimes we have this gift of tongues, but then we have a prayer language of tongues. I don't know about you, but if you've been in settings uh, and you're worshiping next to somebody and you hear somebody, what's that? That's weird, man. But that's a prayer language. That for me, I got a prayer language. I was driving in my car. I was 23 years old, and, and I'd been filled with the Spirit weeks earlier, and, and all of a sudden, this prayer language started coming out of my mouth. Well, you said, well, where do you see that? And by the way, do you have, is a prayer language the only evidence of knowing that you've been filled with the Spirit? And I would say no. I would say it's an evidence, but there are many times through scripture, and if you come out tonight, we'll go into this greater depth, but there are many times in scriptures where it's, it talks about the um, people getting filled with the Spirit, and sometimes people speak in, in tongues, another language, unknown to the person who is speaking it, and there are times that it does not happen. 
So we can't equivocally say, you're only filled with a spirit if you speak in tongues. We should all desire to be filled with the spirit. But maybe not everyone is speaking tongues. I believe that that gift is available for everyone, though. And tonight, if you come out, we're going to be praying for you to receive that. But I want you to also understand, so where do you get this idea that there's a differentiation between the gift of tongues and a prayer language of tongues? I want you to um, turn to 1 Corinthians 14. And I'm going to read this from the the version of, of the message, the translation called The Message. Because it really puts it in plain English for us, this idea of the purpose of a prayer language and the differentiation that it's different than your gift of tongues that is speaking another person's language, uh, unknown to the communicator, but known to the listener. In chapter 14, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it, because it does. Give yourself to the gifts God gives you. Most of all, try to proclaim his truth. If you praise him in a private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. For you are sharing intimacies just between you and him. But when you proclaim his truth in everyday speech, and this is the prophecy, you're letting others into that truth and that they can grow and be strong and experience his presence with you. The one who prays using a private prayer language certainly gets a lot out of it. But proclaiming God's truth to the church in its common language brings the whole church into growth and strength. I want all of you to develop intimacies with God in prayer. But please don't stop with that. Go on and proclaim his clear truth to others. It's more important that everyone have access to the knowledge and love of God in language everyone understands than you go off and cultivate God's presence in a mysterious prayer language, unless, of course, there's someone who can interpret what you're saying for the benefit of all. Think, friends, if I come to you and all I do is pray privately to God in a way that only he understands, what are you doing to get out of that? If I don't address you plainly with some insight or truth to proclaim or to pro, in, of proclamation or teaching, what help am I to you? If a musical instrument, let's say flutes, say our harps, aren't played so each note is distinct and in tune, how will anyone be able to catch the melody and enjoy the music? If a trumpet call can't be distinguished, will anyone show up for the battle? So if you speak in a way no one can understand, what's the point of opening your mouth? There are many tongues in the world, and they, are, they mean something to someone. So here he's going on to say, if you're going to speak a tongue, let somebody understand what it is that you're saying. But there is a tongue of a prayer language, which is an intimate communication between God. But if I don't understand the language, it's not going to do, uh, it's not going to do me much good. It's no different with you. Since, you. since you're so eager to participate in what God's doing, why don't you concentrate on doing what helps everyone in the church? Lastly, so when you pray in your private prayer language, don't hoard the experience for yourself. Pray for the insight and the ability to bring others into that intimacy. If I pray in tongues, my, my spirit prays, but my mind lays fallow, 
and all the intelligence is wasted. So what's the solution? The answer is simple enough. Do both. I should be spiritually free and expressive as I pray, but I should also be thoughtful and mindful as I pray. I should sing with my spirit and I should sing with my mind. If you give a blessing using your private prayer language, which no one else understands, how can some outsider who has just shown up and has no idea what you're doing and calls you a freak (laughs) say to you, oh, that wasn't in the scripture, by the way, your blessing might be beautiful, but you have, have very effectively cut that person out. So what that is saying in a nutshell is this. God wants to give us this intimate prayer language that's between us and him. That is also called tongues, but it is a tongue. It is your own prayer language. Your mind is not as engaged, but it can be prayed. You're praying directly to God. And that is a private thing. You should not go up here and just start praying, praying in tongues because it's unfruitful for everybody else in the room, if you just you and God are just connecting in that way. And so that's why we would find in a service that there's more prophecy or we encourage more prophecy because we can reveal what God's speaking to us that's fruitful for the entire body. So we're going to unpack this more tonight. Again, you're probably saying, well, what, what's, what's this mean for me? One, it means that you have the ability to have an intimate prayer language with God. Number one. And tonight, if you don't have that, we're going to be praying for you to receive that. Number two, we're going to also be talking about this idea of having the gift of tongues. I, was, I met a, a gentleman from one of the stands over in, uh, that used to be Russia, Kajikistan, I think it is. Talking about a lack of churches, there are only two evangelical churches in that entire country, and one of them is a four-square pastor. But basically, he's saying, I need to know five languages to be in this country. I've got to speak Russian. He's got to speak some other languages just because of the convergence of culture. He knows five languages. I would say he has the gift of tongues. There are times that God supernaturally can come on and give you the ability, supernatural ability, to speak another language. But I also believe that he can work through the... He's designed you, that he's given you some abilities to flow in certain giftings. If you've wondered why it is that you have this desire to learn other languages, maybe it's because God is saying, you need to learn this other language and not, you need to go and share the gospel with a people group in some other place in this world. What, me? I gotta leave New Hampshire? Well, maybe. Maybe. I'm hopefully I was clear in that short amount of time. God wants us to give us tongues, interpretation of tongues, a prayer language of tongues. to build up his church. There are languages, there are people groups around the world, so many of them that need a gospel witness. I was reading this morning, I think there's still 49 nations 
that don't have a single gospel witness. In other words, any, any nation that has less than 2% of its population as, as believers, 49 nations, would God send you to a foreign land to speak a foreign language, to proclaim his goodness to a people that don't know Jesus? Would God use you in a situation when you're placed in our immigrant community that you would say, God, I need to communicate your hope and your love and and God would supernaturally come upon you to speak another language that you don't even know, but yet proclaiming the goodness of Jesus? And then would you so desire to have this intimate relationship with God in such a way that, that your spirit prays with his spirit? A private prayer language. It's like the perfect prayer. I know it kind of sounds strange if you've come out from different traditions, but it's, it's biblical. It's what the Bible says. And why wouldn't we want everything that the Bible says? But lastly, you have to understand what the purpose is. The purpose is to make Jesus' name known, to reveal the goodness of the Father, to reveal his heart to a people. He loves people. He wants to make his name known to people. He wants his love to be felt by people. He says, how would they believe unless somebody tells them? Is that somebody you? Is God calling you to a foreign place? Is God calling you to speak, to go out with courage, to speak a foreign language? It might be. It might be. God's moving. His spirit is stirring. I'm excited. I'm excited for what God is doing, but he wants to do things through you. He wants to do things through me. Let's pray. Father, this morning, it's my prayer that that people would walk away this morning with this one, a greater understanding of what this idea of tongues is all about. Number two, this, this desire to have this intimate prayer language, Father, that we can pray to you with. Father, that we begin to hunger and desire all your gifts that you want to have used, that you want to have functioning in your body, your church, that we can be empowered to to so fully function that, Lord, your name is made famous. Your great name is proclaimed that we can see people's lives be set free. We can see people hope arise again. Holy Spirit, use us. We surrender our lives to you. there's somebody here that would say that you've had an un, 
this uncanny desire, if you've had this desire to speak other languages and you really haven't known what to do with it, is there somebody here that would say that? Would you just slip up your hand if that's you? A desire to speak other languages. Somebody here? If you've had this desire to learn another language that you haven't really, or maybe you took to languages real easy in school. Okay, I already know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, if I put up my hand, now he's going to tell me I'm going to that country. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do that to you. I just want to know, anybody here? Slip up your thank you. See, I knew that was the, that was the obstacle for you. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, you put your hand down. All over, okay. So all I want you to do is just ask the Lord, what do I do with this? That's it. All, that's all you need to do is, what do I do with this? And let God lead you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. And go on this journey with him and say, what does he have for us? Somebody else here who might have an eye problem, some degenerative eye issue, if that's you, if you just kind of slip up your hand. Thank you. With those people just come forward at that at this moment. We're gonna close here real real soon, but eyes, perfect vision, Jesus. The laziness of the eye goes away, complete alignment. Healing right now in the name of Jesus. What's, what's your eye condition? Glaucoma. Glycoma. Glaucoma. eyes in the name of Jesus. As clear as the crystal blue sea. that it would be restored in the name of Jesus. Healing. 
healing. Please tell us the stories of those healings as God chooses to to heal. And when you have a change take place, please let us know. Just email us um, so we can celebrate with you. God's doing some incredible things. And and I want us to continue to, to come with expectation that God has something special for each one of you. God is placing you on this journey to to align with him. We don't need to live in lack. We don't need to live with disease. He wants to restore us. Now we trust him for his timing on all these things. I'm not just saying these are just instantaneous, but they can. They can be. This is why when Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father in heaven doing, and we join him in that. Thank you so much for being here today. and Father, I just pray that you just release these people in the name of Jesus, that you would just pour a blessing on them for this week ahead. Fathers, they're in their life groups and going through these topics together. Father, let there not be any fear or confusion, but let them have an eager desire for all the things you have for them in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 